Welcome to Inside Audit, EEA Belgium's podcast. I'm Cedric Hamakers, and today we're going to talk about human capital risks. There is an increasing importance of human capital, diversity, and talent management risks for organizations, both from a risk as an opportunity side. Having the right culture, future workforce planning, flexible working regimes, etc. in place can really mean a strategic advantage for a company. Even though most internal auditors are convinced of the importance of these risks and even experience them in their own teams, only very few of them include these risks in their audit plan. The Risk in Focus 2023 report clearly showed a rise in the human capital, diversity and talent management. It's ranked second both in the current and future risk categories. But on the other hand, we see that in practice, internal auditors currently only pay very limited attention to these topics in their annual audit plan. Most internal audit departments still mainly focus on standard HR admin processes like payroll or on and off boarding, while in fact the entire employee life cycle should be considered as part of the audit universe, so attract, recruit, develop and retain talent. This is more than enough input to discuss during our first IIA Belgium podcast. In this episode, I host two interesting guests, Els van den Bossen and Anne van der Hulst. Els van den Bossen is an economist and anthropologist with 20 years of experience in a multinational business environment. During the recent pandemic, she oversaw HR talent domains and was asked to keep the operational business running in a crisis modus. A unique opportunity to try out new concepts, processes and governance. And then Anne van der Hulst, Director Principal and Competence Leader within KPMG Advisory in Belgium for the Internal Audit and Assurance area. She's very passionate about the internal audit profession and has more than 15 years of experience in both execution and coordination of assignments of internal audit. Welcome, Els and Anne. Els, you are an economist and an anthropologist. What does it typical working day look like for you? Um, well, to start with, a typical work day does not exist. Um, I'm currently working in HR and I used to work in internal audit. And in internal audit, the big advantage is, and you don't realize when you're there, is you really manage your agenda. And when you're working at HR, you're managing your inbox. And that's a huge difference. But content-wise, what I like to do or what I do is I'm involved in uh, talent acquisition, talent development, designing organizations, uh, thinking about uh, retention, also succession, and uh, also on uh, well-being. Um, in, in your bio on LinkedIn, it says Director Principal at KPMG Advisory Internal Audit and Enterprise Risk Management. Uh, that's a mouthful, but what does that entail concretely? Yes, indeed. So actually, yeah, my role is a bit dual. So I have a role towards towards my clients. So supporting them with getting their organization in control. So supporting mainly the second and the third line with setting up solid processes, uh, solid control processes, and then through internal audit, evaluating also the effectiveness of these control processes. Um, and we also develop uh, methodologies to really audit really the new risks, new trends. So that is also what, what we develop for the market. And then the other role is also an internal role, developing my own team, uh, new colleagues, making sure they, they are trained, they feel well with, within their job and they, they grow also in their role to become also uh, good advisors in the future. Two experts. Um, so uh, we will talk today about talent acquisition and attrition in organizations. Else, during the pandemic, you oversaw uh, HR talent domain and asked to keep the operational business running in, in a crisis. What was the main challenge 
in terms of talent acquisition during that period? Well, I can tell you it was a real challenge um, because it was during the pandemic, working in a hospital of over 6,500 employees. And in the beginning, nobody really knew what was happening. It was the virus and, and was the effect of the virus and breakouts and, and, and what was happening. So a very strange period. And the main challenge was that, um, especially around October, November in 2020, and I don't know if you remember like the images on television where all the doctors were saying like, please stay at home, please respect the rules because the system is crashing. At that point in time, yeah, we had to find nurse people, um, medical school uh, trained people, and it was just impossible. There was nobody on the market anymore. So um, one of the initiatives we uh, took was uh, hiring over 100 people not trained in the healthcare and uh, they were asked to support the people on the floor so they were very close to the covid area to the covid uh, to the pandemic itself at the floor and it was uh, yeah very interesting in that respect that the people at the floor said what are you doing this is crazy it's already crisis and now you will hire non-trained people so how is this working and yeah the main trick or the lessons learned we got from that is you really have to look up front like what about this concept what are the risks can we do an assessment can we build a specific governments so that we can ensure the people we're taking on board but also the people on the floor to ensure that it is working like coaching like escalations like really uh doing a very uh, let's say a, a specific uh, talent acquisition exercise we didn't ask for degrees we didn't ask for written diplomas we just asked for a good attitude and taking care of people was one of the most and if these two elements were combined we said we will take care of the rest i'm happy you mentioned risks um, do, you, do you think businesses are aware of the challenges that come with talent acquisition? Yes, yes, certainly. I think, uh, yeah, they experience it every day. Uh, they are certainly aware of, of it is not a theoretical risk. It is really something that is currently uh, manifesting on, on the market and which they every organization has challenges with getting the right people. And it's really, uh, we see it in, in, in our company, but it's actually in, in every company. Also, every internal audit department has currently challenges of attracting new new uh, new auditors. So I think, yeah, everybody is, is very well aware of it. And what are the main pitfalls for organizations when it comes to talent acquisition? So I think there you have the limitations currently on the market. So there is a lot of a lot of work currently. So there are uh, less less people looking looking for a job. Um, and then also a lot of people are looking for something more than only a job. They're looking for really a company which they uh, they they went they really want to um, really want to work for where they will they really feel feel good where they they also want to be linked to uh, where they want to stay committed to. Uh, so that are currently uh, the challenges and then also yeah the the changing changing requirements, the changing needs in organizations, new skills that are needed um, where of course every organization also needs these skills and and there is really a limitation currently on the market. Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. Um, there is maybe one pitfall I also would like to mention. If organizations are still convinced that they choose the candidates, that's really wrong. It's the, the candidates they're choosing today. As there is a shortage in the market, there is a lot of uh, high demand uh, they can choose. It's also, to my feeling, a, an, another kind of uh, generation 
when I started working in audit, I was very, really proud and, and I was working like 60 hours a week. And the only difference was like wearing a jeans in the weekend and the real ed, uh, business dress during the week. No overtime, no company car, nothing, just the opportunity to learn. And it changes. Uh, it's a new generation. And yeah, um, in implementing or imposing your culture, your company culture on this generation and say, accept it or leave it, you will not get them on board. So the war for talent is is bigger than ever yes, nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah. And then maybe about the role of, of, of internal audit. Um, coming from a classic HR and payroll audit where internal audit would focus on the administrative side of things, like missing document, missing signature. Um, what would you consider the biggest risks in the talent acquisition part of the process? I don't think that um, compliancy is a big risk because the processes are written and, and it's also easy to check. Um, it's really to assess the quality of the talent acquisition. So are you finding the right people? Are people joining for the right motivation with the expectations? Um, are you building like good relationships? Can you also... Um, yeah, make them develop. Yeah, I think it is indeed at the, 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 the onboarding process remains important so that indeed also at your process process works. But it's also very important to to at the start of the process to to start with okay, what are really, really my needs towards my candidates? What are what are the skills that are needed? What are the competences that are needed? And also clearly make a distinction between what is needed and what is a nice to have, maybe. Yeah? Because sometimes if we, if we write a, a vacancy, if we write a, a, a job profile, if we start writing what we all would like to have, yeah, it might discourage candidates to, to, to apply and, and you might not even get the right candidate. So I think that is already an important one that, that HR also talks to sufficiently to the business to really understand what are those needs, what are really those must-haves and what are maybe those nice-haves and also advises them a bit, a bit in uh, yeah, alternative profiles and maybe uh, what did, which they can consider also for, for this role. Um, then also in uh, what is also included in, in the assessment process, uh, is there assessment towards also company values? Uh, do, you, do you expect the same? Uh, do you have also a clear view of what the, the employee expects from, from your organization? And can you meet those requirements? Because otherwise uh, you can maybe attract them, you can, can hire them, but probably they will not stay long with your organization. And that is also the most important one of the uh, talent acquisition. It's not only about hiring new people, but also hiring them for the long term and making sure that they can develop within your organization. What role can internal audit play or how can internal audit help to limit the risks or to bring fresh insights to an um, HR process? Yeah, I think it's indeed what you mentioned, bring those fresh insights, challenge them also on, are they including this? Why are they doing that? Um, also making sure when you do an audit on a talent acquisition, it's, it's not only, it's not an HR audit, audit, it's an organizational audit and you should involve your business in that as well. You should involve HR and, and making sure that their views, their needs are, are aligned and that they are also uh, talking to each other. Um, I've been audited in uh, talent acquisition on the process even twice. And it really makes you reflect upon um, how you work because talent acquisition is really a very stressful discipline of HR because everybody 
things as soon as the ticket is approved the next day there is a candidate and it takes uh, quite some time and it also it also takes a lot of efforts from the business and their commitment to give it like priority so having the discussions with the auditors and and also showing the materials brings you like new insights like why are you doing this um what is the effect long term and you just take a little bit a distance of the dairy operationals and rethink new concepts um, like new development uh, techniques or also the importance of the candidate experience because it's not um, when a person is not hired you also have to consider that they can affect the image of your uh, company they can affect your employer branding so it's also very important the risk in focus 2023 report clearly showed a rise in the risks around human capital diversity and talent management it's ranked second uh, both in the current and the future risk categories but on the other hand, we see that in practice, internal auditors currently only pay very limited attention to these topics in their annual audit plans. How could internal audit look at some of these items and how can we add value to the organization? So maybe to start, why is it important that we include um, talent acquisition risks in, in an internal audit plan? First of all, it helps HR to put it on the agenda because everybody's complaining or is saying it's, it's really a risk, but to put it on the agenda to give it visibility and also to look in a very objective way, like how is it working and maybe comparing also to, to other companies, what are they doing? Benchmarking, using a lot of data by nature. I like to use data in HR and I may be one of the exceptions, but data is also the, the language of uh, management. And I think internal auditors can support in looking at the processes, collecting the data, making analysis that let's say an average HR profile would never do. That's one of the advantages, I think. Having solid policies and procedures is something that internal audit uh, often likes to recommend. How does it help to have a written process on how to attract, select and, and assess that you have the right people? If you don't have a process, you have chaos. And everybody's just doing whatever they like to do. And then I think you will miss integrity, uh, a fair chance to everybody. Um, if you don't know the rules, it's yeah the one who is like screaming with a hard voice, maybe gets more um, yeah, time or more priority or I really am very much in favor of having this, uh, these processes. It's, it's needed to mention because on itself, it's, it's difficult to find. It's already a little bit of chaos. So the processes they bring really, um, yeah, they reduce, let's say the stress level and they bring a little bit peace of mind because everybody knows which steps to follow and the steps are there for a good reason. I agree, indeed. It's, it's, uh, it's important to, to have written processes. Um, it's important to, to, when, when you create them, you, you also think through your processes you don't put things on paper, which you're not fully convinced of, or if you're, if you, if they don't make, make sense in your process. So it's, it's already a way to question your processes yourself. Um, and of course, and when you put processes in place, it's also important to review them on a regular, regular basis. Do they still fit the needs we have? And I think also in that context, it's also uh, sometimes a moment of, of an internal audit where, where these, these processes can, can be, can be questioned. Is this still, still relevant? Is there something missing? Uh, should there be something added? So. And I can imagine they need to be indeed be updated regularly in these fast changing environments. In, in this war for talent and, and the very tight job market, when should businesses consider alternative sourcing, like going international, hiring straight out of university while they shouldn't have done it 
in the past. Um, can that um, be a part of the solution for, for companies? I think it's a must. We can't avoid it anymore. Um, only if you have to be prepared for it because when you hire a recent graduate, the coaching and, and the career track and how you support them is really important. When you hire people with different cultural backgrounds, it's also important to understand why are they doing things in a specific way. We had an example at the hospital. We have even hired uh, refugees from Ukraine. So there you have the language barrier, you have the cultural barrier, and you see how patients dealing with these people on the floor, like they, they're also like very supportive. So you... I think it's a must. There is there is no way to 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 find enough people to keep your organization running, but make sure that um, yeah the, the supporting the the coaching and maybe a little bit also of governance there um, discuss well in advance what the people need, but also what your managers need because if they expect like a plug and play kind of candidate and they see there is a. a person with a lot of potential, it will take time and it would also take time from them to coach them. So it's not that easy, but I think it's it's a need, it's a must, yeah. And when we hire a, a more diverse workforce, an international workforce, for example, there's always a risk for unconscious bias, which is a very important risk. How can we mitigate that and what role can internal play in managing unconscious bias when recruiting? Yeah, I think on that one, it's indeed um, the, the people involved in, in, in the, the recruiting process, make sure that they are all aware of it because it's unconscious, but make sure that they are aware of, of their own limitations. When I started recruiting and during the intake, I always uh, explained to the hiring managers what are the key pitfalls. And then even, let's say, people from the same culture or the same age group or whatever, by unconsciously, you will look for a person that reflects more or less who you are. So you look for yeah, the similar one. And by giving them trainings with also visuals and, and, and pictures and just say like, this is a natural reflex. But on the other hand, if you're aware of this and you can um, look for complementary profiles, you will have a complementary team. And that's an added value at, at the team level, at the team dynamics. So at this stage... We hired the best team possible, the most diverse team. We like to keep them as well. We like to keep them on board as long as possible. But there is unfortunately attrition. And attrition is the inevitable departure of employees from your organization. So whether they leave on a voluntary or involuntary basis, um, attrition covers employee departures and, and all that comes with it. So what are the different risks between talent acquisition and the attrition risks? Because it's the, the other side of the process is the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I think it's very interlinked. It starts with attracting the right people and making sure that they, they find their place within the organization, that they, they feel welcome, that they feel included. Um, and then it will also remain to, to keeping them. Um, but they are, they're closely interlinked, I think. So for me, it's also when you look um, at talent acquisition in, as part of an audit, you will always also include, um, for example, looking at numbers of levers and what is the reasons why people are leave, because a lot of the time these root causes lie in, uh, in the onboarding process, in the interaction, attraction process. 
and there is some natural uh, attrition. And so if nobody's leaving the company, that's not healthy either. But if you see that a lot of people are leaving, I think audit can really support in understanding why. I'm very much in favor of a culture of transparency. So when you hire people, there's a lot of expectations in the beginning, there's a lot of attention, but after months you have to make sure that people are still um, right in place and don't limit the uh, appraisals or the conversations like at a formal moment once a year, but have regular check-ins. How are you doing? What do you need? How can I help? And by building this relationship and understanding how they evolve, and that's the best recipe, I think, to, to uh, reduce the number of, of voluntary leavers. Yeah, I think indeed it's a lot about um, listening to, to people, uh, what are their, their changing needs also, what do they want to further elaborate and also give them opportunities inside the organization. It's not that if you're not happy with your current job, that the only option would be leaving um, I think it's very valuable to to also reposition people within the organization, let them grow in an, in a different role because they already know the organization, they they know the culture, they know the way of working. So it will be a lot more valuable than 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 hiring maybe another person. It will be more expensive also to hire another person than to train someone internally. Internal mobility is key, and also communicate about internal mobility. Give the examples because not everybody is as extrovert as, as, as the others. So if you are more like the introvert kind of type of, or you don't like to share, you're unhappy and you don't see examples or you don't know which way to go, then yeah, you might already mentally make the decision to leave. So communicate, give good examples. Yeah. Make some promo movies about it. Yeah. I heard both of you talking about um, communication, uh, transparency. It's all about culture. So what about the overall culture? Because the impact and, and the role of HR within an organization, if it comes to culture, is, is huge. How can an organization be made aware of, of what they are doing is wrong or right? And is there someone, for example, internal audit, that should be the, the mirror of the company? Culture is a very, very difficult concept. Um, there is always a want to be culture, and that's the culture you read on the website. When you look at the company profile, and there is a real culture. And the culture to me is what makes people really proud of working somewhere. That's the, that's the DNA of a company. And I think an internal auditor can check or can 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 look at is top management behaving in this way. Leading are they leading by example or not? Are the other employees following this or not? If you don't behave as expected, are there yeah, specific um, actions taken or do you just allow everything? So the culture you promote, the, the, the DNA of your organization you promote, can you really see it? And what happens if people do not comply with it? There is indeed an important role for um, internal audit as well. Um, in some cases, it's relatively easy for internal audit to write an observation because uh, it's black and white. Something's approved or not. Um, it's very easy to them to tell what the issue is. They can write a recommendation with those softer topics like HR. Um, it's much more difficult. Do you have any um, insights for internal audits on how to raise those sensitive issues and how to write good recommendation in this area? For me, it is indeed, uh, it, it, it can be very, very difficult to write topics like that uh, in an audit report. But but even if, if that is difficult in, in your organization, you can start already with, with addressing it in 
uh, one-to-one meetings with with the manager, um, meetings with your your audit committee also, besides your report. So it should not necessarily be included in in every audit report, but it should be included in in your assessment. And I can imagine that for um, internal auditors, it's also difficult to understand the full scope of such soft topics. For instance, leadership I once have been audited on leadership and I thought, yes, this is a great opportunity to share my knowledge, to share the activities we have done, to the development programs we launched, why we did it, and also get the input from the auditor, like like the objective, a little bit outsider uh, view, and, and think on new things, um, develop together something. HR is a supporting position or function in the organization, I think also audit. So if you can go there hand in hand and understand and, and learn from each other, that might bring a lot of value. So I hear the audit report is not the end goal, but it's just one of the very many ways that internal audit can address um, issues if there are any around those soft uh, topics and soft controls. I like the the, the 80 20 rule. Uh, so with it, only 20% of the efforts, you can uh, achieve sometimes 80% of your goals or there um, any quick wins um, that you could, from your experience, that you could recommend to companies in general or to internal audit departments? Where should they focus on? Where should they get started when they're in a, in a less mature state? For example, what should be the first priorities of, uh, of the companies? Understanding the people understanding why people would like to join you as a company, also understanding why people are leaving, um, have the exit interviews. You, it's not only to, to get the content like, eh, what did we do wrong or what could we have done differently, but you also keep the relationship. And what we also see is that when people are leaving, after two or three months, they get a call. Are you happy with the new employer? Yes or no. So keep that relationship, especially for the regretted leavers, might uh, might also work. So having the exit interviews, um, doing exit surveys, um, make, give people a good feeling when they leave. That's, I think, very, very key. And do you always get an honest answer in such an exit interview? If it's written, then it's limited. If you take it in an informal way or have a coffee, you get much more information. We talked a lot about risks and, and challenges that organizations are facing around uh, human capital. Who is the, the owner of human capital risks? That's a very good question, Cedric. A very good question. I'm really happy you're asking this. By experience, I know that in the first place, you're looking at human resources because there is human and resources in the title of the uh, this uh, division of the organization. And human resources is a supporting uh, position, supporting function, and they use all their knowledge and, and skills to support the business leaders, to support the employees, um, to make it happen. The, ma- the maturity of an HR team is also key. If you are operational and you execute what executives and managers are saying, or even unions are saying, then I'm not so sure if you will have the credibility in your organization to be considered as an really a reliable partner because the risk is huge as we already described and it's so complex that it can only be, I wouldn't say solved, but we can reduce the, the risk by having good stakeholder management of HR, of audits, of the executives, of the managers, the employees, the unions. I mean, now I, I'm 
I'm just describing the entire organization, but it's really a common target. And if you, as an organization, say this is just an HR matter, then I'm afraid you will be in big trouble. Despite all the efforts that the people of HR will do, but they can't do this by themselves. Yes, I fully, fully agree. It is indeed... Um a collaboration between uh, HR and, and the businesses and the business should be really aware of these risks and should be aware of these risks occurring now, but should be also aware of the risks it might have on the future. And they should also become more proactive and more thinking about what would do, we, do we need now, but also what do we need in five years, because you should already start preparing for that. And that is something that HR doesn't know. They they. They can support you in it, but they don't know what your business needs within five years. So if I can summarize an important role for HR, but it is a joint effort uh, with all other departments within an organization, including internal audit. I would like to thank uh, both of our guests for this very valuable um, insights. Uh, so thanks a lot, Els. Thanks a lot, Anne. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch. Whoever wants to know more, take a look at our website, iiabelgium.org or check out our training portfolio. Thanks a lot, everyone.